Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello, you are listening to the Divorce University Online Podcast with your hosts, Thomas and Tammy Ferreira. Hi, I'm Tammy. And I'm Thomas. And we are back for episode 78. 78. Wow. That's a lot of episodes. That is. We are we are getting close to a year and a half in. So. so I got a question for you in the audience. Does anybody feel like ever since their divorce started that uh, everything is warfare? Yes. Everything is warfare. I mean, first of all. I mean, at, I'm answering for the audience. I'm not in the yeah. middle of a divorce. Okay. Thank goodness at this point in my life. Well, but. Didn't you feel that way yes. when you were going through it? It felt like everybody and everything around me was a fight, and it felt like every other person I knew was happily married. That's yeah. the two main things that I <laughs> observed in my, my world. Which was probably an illusion. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, so today what I want to talk about is getting over this by becoming a relationship ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the right word That's, for ninja? What's, or ninja silent? I don't know what sound ninjas make. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ha, ooh, whatever. <laughs> uh, but it's true that, that uh, the, the whole atmosphere of divorce tends to be one of conflict because, right. number one, the court system pits the parties against each other in an adversary relationship. Very true. Uh, number two... You know, you find yourself in in a lot of ways at odds with your kids mm-hmm. because they they don't know what's going on. Yeah, they're processing their own emotions, and as hard a time as we're having as adults, and you know, knowing everything that we hopefully know at this stage of our life, they're trying to navigate the unknown with really no no world experience and no ability to have an adult perspective. That's true. That's true. Uh, and uh, it always feels like you're fighting with the court. Yeah. Like you're, you, you, you want a certain result and the court doesn't quite see it right. the way you do. And, and you're desperate to, to make them understand, make them understand that, yeah. that your ex is the crazy one. Uh, so what I'm going to suggest is that we shift the paradigm a little bit and uh, let's not fight with the other people because the other people in in this scenario are in in it more or less involuntarily just like you are that's true and unless uh, they're the jerk that left you but right and (laughs) (laughs) then they're in it voluntarily because they created the problem because they created yeah it's like uh i'm you're sorry for uh for um for having an affair and screwing up in, in our relationship, and I'm sorry for... Well, wait uh, a I'm, I'm really not at fault here, am I? <laughs> <laughs> like okay. Okay, that's... An, that's, that's our Reba Yeah, that's McIntyre our Reba moment. excerpt for this episode. So, so. <laughs> But, you know, a relationship ninja doesn't fight the other parties, and I know that that's counterintuitive, right. but you want to fight for the relationship and believe it or not i think that's true 
even in a healthy marriage or in a healthy parent-child relationship, uh, what tends to happen is you get into arguments over things you disagree about, uh, and they spiral because somebody pushes a button, Mm -hmm. you know, and you find yourself in an adversarial relationship fighting with somebody that you love. Mm -hmm. And how many of you out there fight with people you love? (laughs) Not me. (laughs) No. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the thing about it is, is people don't, we all have disagreements, right? And I'm not suggesting that people should, quote unquote, fight. But if you are going to fight, I think there's certain rules. And a lot of times when we are divorcing, it's because we've had these patterns of communication in our relationships where we are fighting kind of below the belt right right uh, we're, we're kind of we're kind of willing to, to to go way out there and then what happens is that carries over into the post-divorce relationship right and then we can't figure out why all this conflict you know is happening at the time right and you can even fight for the relation in an odd way to have a new kind of relationship with your ex right uh, i know that at the very beginning when i first was going through divorce uh, you, you'll be surprised to learn this, but my ex-wife was not my favorite person. <laughs> and We're all I, shocked. And I wasn't her favorite person. Right. Uh, so we took steps at the very beginning to disengage. And uh, I think you know, she had some wisdom in that she didn't try to let me down easy. Right. She, she was done. She was done. Mm-hmm. And I had some wisdom in that we engineered our relationship so we didn't see each other for a while. Right. Uh, But our relationship cooled off. Right. And now it's fairly... Uneventful. Yeah, it's fairly conflict-free. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, it's just kind of we do our thing, she does her thing. If the paths cross, we all manage that and we go on. Right. The the thing that's interesting to me, and and this is kind of maybe uh, hitting me a little bit close today, is... You know, I have different uh, Facebook groups that I'm part of to try to, you know, yeah. help and give people suggestions and things. And um, I had, you know, there, there's always haters out there. I mean, yes. they always exist no matter what you do, right? And I had, I have one person in haters particular. Haters hate, hate. Yeah. How's that I have go? one person in particular who tends to hate, 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 no matter what I say in the group. Shake it off, baby. The thing that's interesting about it, though, is just what happens is the attacks become personal. Right. And and my general response when the attacks become personal is I'm just I'm I'm not responding anymore. Like this is sunk to a a level of um, immaturity that I'm not willing to participate in. Right. And, And I think that that's what you have to do in your like you and I, when we have disagreements there's like if I want to say something that I know is going to tick you off or hurt your feelings. So when you say something really immature, is that what you mean? Well, yeah. I mean, because <laughs> so, you, you never do that. No, I don't. Yeah, and I'm, I'm usually the adult in the room. Yeah, the, yeah. And the, and the example is that you just did. <laughs> but you know, when when you and I have arguments, the one thing that like if if I wanted to, I could say the exact thing that I know would hurt you and you could do that to me and the thing is is that when we're talking about a spouse or a significant other that's you know or these close relationships your kids and all these all these close 
intimate relationships in your life, that's when you know exactly what to say to upset that person. That's true. And you have to make a conscious adult decision that you are not going to go there. Because otherwise, it destroys that relationship, whatever relationship we're talking about. And so when that was the pattern in the marriage, and that's clearly led to divorce, why people, you know, you have to turn a corner on that. If you don't, what's going to happen is that same pattern is going to continue to play out in your post-divorce relationship and you're going to have constant you know my inclination to this person that's kind of the attacker you know i just i kind of feel like wow being this person must be really difficult because they must have constant conflict (laughs) tough to be such a jerk i mean they must have constant (laughs) conflict and upheaval with their co-parent and one of the things that we have with both of our co-parents and i think our relationship with your ex-wife is a little bit better than our relationship with my ex-husband just because of the nature of who he is but one of the things that we do have is we have peace yes and our kids have peace We don't have conflict and fighting back and forth between the homes and all of that. We all have peace. And when you jump straight to, I'm going to go for the jugular and attack you personally, you know, which is what this person did with me on this Facebook group, then you're just asking for that constant chaos in your life. So here's some suggestions if you want, well... Because you want to be a relationship ninja, and right. because you want to, uh, you want to fight for relationships with your kids. You want to have a strong relationship with them. Absolutely, it's nice to to have a relationship with your friends that right. continue. Because sometimes when you divorce, your friends have to pick a side, and yeah. and certainly you don't want to do that. Uh, but uh, you know, and your family. How many people do we know that the the spouse the the ex has a relationship with their former uh, in law. You know, it's I've seen that in three or four cases of. Ours. I mean, not a lot. I mean, you, your question was how many? I, I don't know that many, but we have had a few. But although where the, where the in law allies themselves yeah. with that other per, per, other party, am I making myself clear? Yeah, I, I, I think sometimes the in-laws, like uh, we have one close friend in particular where their daughter is the one that opted for the divorce. Right. They didn't feel like it was the right thing for her to do in their value system. And they didn't think she really had good, you know, like significant reasons to do that. So they were ultimately on husband's side and felt like wife should stay in the marriage but eventually as things progressed obviously their relationship with their daughter continues and the relationship with you know the ex-son-in-law doesn't but i i think in the beginning a lot of times you know you like if one of my children left one of my daughter-in-laws i would have a hard my daughter-in-law or my future daughter-in-law i you know i would i would probably have a hard time with that so it's you know those relationships have been built up over time and it takes time to build the trust right uh so you're all waiting i'm sure to hear what the ninja skills are let's hear them and uh so the the ninja skills are these uh that uh, you have to recognize that anytime you have a conversation with somebody there's three levels of the conversation there's the 
what what I call the what happened conversation. Which is where we start. Which is where you start. Mm-hmm. That's usually when, when you're arguing in court, that's the level of the conversation that you have with the court. Right. It's kind of like who bought this property? When was it acquired? Right. Uh, and, you know, who threw the first punch? Yeah. <laughs> that's the what happened conversation. But there's a second layer underneath that conversation. And the deeper you go in these layers, the, the more danger there is to the relationship. There's more danger of harm for the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the second layer is how people feel about what happened. Right. Okay, we've determined that she threw the first punch. <laughs> Right. That probably ticked him off, I'm guessing. Yeah. How did, you know, and what were her feelings around that? Right. And are they still angry? Right. Uh, A lot of times in mediation, when we're trying to solve problems, you, you see this happening, that the emotions around what we're talking about tend to creep in. Right. They start, so when we get to that second level, it starts becoming... Well, it was your fault because you threw the first punch. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have had to throw in the first punch if you hadn't mouthed off like you had. <laughs> it becomes kind of about the blame and the anger around it and all that kind of stuff. Right. So you see people right away kind of retreating into their camps and right. take, and kind of uh, you know putting up uh, what we call a redoubt in, in military terms, a, a fortress mm. that uh, it has a defensive – because – the more you talk about the more you hear about their feelings the more hurt you get right and the more hurt you get the more damage you do to your relationship right uh so a lot of times in mediation i try to to steer people away from talking about feelings right right because it usually melts down into the third level Right. That you're talking about. And the third level, and this, this is the danger zone. This is where the, the, the bombs are buried. Right. Uh, it's called the identity conversation. Right. And uh, in the identity conversation, we take those feelings and the what happens. Right. And we weave them into a story about that other person's character. Right. And this is what this person on my facebook group did to me doesn't even know me really but jumped right to that third identity where you know she attacked me personally and said you know things about about me as a person right about who you are what your role is right why what my motivations are for being there and you know all this different kind of stuff so right and we all want to see ourselves in a favorable light right I remember reading there's a there's a book uh, by Dale Carnegie called How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, and uh, Dale Carnegie uh, tells the story of John Dillinger, who was a bank robber, mm-hmm. and he tells this story about how John Dillinger, when he was asked about you know how he felt when when the FBI had surrounded him and the guns were out, he felt misunderstood. He felt like he was a good guy. <laughs> you know, so even criminals, right? Right. We all want to feel like like we're a good person and we have a positive role in whatever's going on. Right. So what happened with you is that this person attacked you because, you know, as as divorce professionals, we 
have a hard, you know, it's hard to break up families. Yeah. And it's hard to justify sometimes our role in it. Right. And what I heard you saying was, for heaven's sake, uh, you you can, you know, call me ugly or whatever, but, you know, don't attack something that I'm trying to do good, where I'm trying to do good for others. Right, right. And, And of course, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a private group, but it's got, you know, a few thousand people in it. And so it's really, it's hard not to want to jump out there and defend yourself because you're, you know, you've got this exposure to these thousands of people that don't know you. And and, and sometimes I think we feel like not responding or not defending ourselves means that we're validating that other person's opinion. I think a lot of times we feel that way. And that's true even in marriages or whatever. It's like, well, I can't. You know, if you accuse me of something or or attack me in a moment of losing your temper, you know, I think as an individual, it feels like, well, I can't just not respond to that because if I don't respond to it, then I'm validating. Yeah, or I'm acquiescing. Yeah, I, f- right. I feel that way sometimes in argument. And that's a tough one. It, it, it is. It's very hard. But that's exactly <laughs> what I did is I just said, you know what, I'm not playing. And, and um, a couple of people... You know, it's it's kind of interesting because when you say I'm not playing, I mean, I think my in my previous marriage, in my ex-husband's view, that very much would have been, oh, you're being a coward. Right. And, and I think that's very much how I was kind of ingrained um, in a lot of ways growing up is, oh, if I don't respond to this, that means I'm being a coward. You know, I got to stand up for myself. I got to defend myself and and all that kind of thing. And that's actually, you know, one of the things I think I've learned a lot through um, you know, our marriage and our relationship is that's not being a coward. That's right. actually taking the high road. That's actually being courageous. Yeah, that's in, actually in harder. The easy thing to do is to fight back and mouth off and defend yourself. And the interesting thing is, is I find most of the time when I just bow out like that and say, you know, and I did come back and say, I, you know, I, I clearly upset you. That was not my intent. Yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then I, it was like three lines and I just let it go. The s- subsequent people came on and said, well, they didn't necessarily defend me. They right. just said, well, I agree that you shouldn't. You know, one of the things I was telling this person is you shouldn't be asking your kid. It's like, oh, she was advising the other person to ask their children about whatever she right, was upset about. Right, to pump them for information. Correct. Which is, for- which is in the standard order, right? <laughs> Don't pump your kids for information. Right. It's yeah. the number one thing the court says, right? <laughs> Don't ask the kid. Right. And so that was kind of my right. comment. Don't ask the kid. And then it became this, you know, that I was just completely, uh, you know, yep. a- attacked personally. But other people came on and said, you know, I think you're, you're you know, why, you're Why you're would somebody this- come on your support group and ask you well, for it's advice? Not, it's not my support group oh, I, I know yeah I know. but but why would they come on and what, seek advice and then as soon as you generously give it they attack you so it was not the person that was asking for advice okay okay somebody and they didn't ask me specifically for advice so somebody came on and made a post and said hey I have a question about this issue around my kid and I responded to that and said here's because you're like a moderator because yeah. I'm there because the because the moderator of the group has asked me to be present to help people with with yeah. questions and things that come up that are kind of you know around these types of issues and uh, and so I answered it and so it was a third party not the person that had asked the question a third party came in and started putting in her two cents I see which I essentially totally disagree with her perspective her and i have totally 
differing opinions on this, okay? And so I just kind of said, hey, I disagree, blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't attack yeah. anybody. I didn't say her position was stupid or that. I just said, I don't agree with it. And she, but, prob- and she probably felt hurt by that. She felt I, attacked. I, I, apparently she did, which is why I came <laughs> back and said, I'm right. sorry, my intent was not to right. upset you. I just think that, you know, talking to the child about it is not, not the way to resolve not the issue. The, not the way we could. Right. And ask. then I just let it go. I didn't continue to, like, I didn't have, you know, 10 strings of conversation about the issue. I just said, right. sorry, so sorry, and, and went on. But subsequent people were kind of like, yeah, I agree. You shouldn't talk to the child. Da, 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 da. So it's interesting because a lot of times if you bow out of engaging in that. If you disengage. Yeah. yeah something will come around from the outside that reinforces your. Right. Position on it's it. It's karma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. That's, that's my point. Yeah, I don't I don't want the have, whole episode to be about this. this I have issue. I have one more example that I think will clarify this third level. Uh, and that's it, it's a mediation that we did uh, about 8 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it <laughs> it's funny that I can still remember this, but uh, uh, but this couple, I mean, we were doing really well and um, all of a sudden, uh, the, the the party started going through their bank statements about uh, apparently he had uh, had the audacity to take a vacation. How dare he you know, or, spend her money on a vacation? <laughs> no, wait. It was the opposite. She took a vacation. She took a vacation. Yeah. She yeah. took a vacation. And he's kind of and uh, he's going he's through. He's a saver. The, yeah. And he's a saver and she's a spender. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I don't think she's a huge spender, but he's definitely a saver. Yeah. So he's, you know, what what's all this on the on the credit card? Okay. What you know, the, you know, the Bahamas and the hotel and all this. And she shot back. That's just like you, Joe. Whatever. I'm, yeah. I'm changing the names to protect yeah. the guilty. Um, <laughs> that's just like you, Joe. Yeah. You've always been such a cheapskate. Yeah. And woo, we were off to the races. Yeah. <laughs> Because what she did is she made a judgment or she voiced a judgment that about his character. Yeah. And apparently it was a judgment that was longstanding through the marriage. Right. And boy, did that push his buttons. Yeah. Whereas, you know, she could have she could have won, just not responded and let us dealt dealt with that, which is what I usually try to tell people to do in mediation. Or she could have simply said, you know, um, I know that we have a lot of financial disagreements. That's part of what's contributed to to the breakdown of our marriage. But, you right. know, I I really needed that vacation, and I felt like it was important for me and the kids to have that time together, whatever. Right. You know, as opposed to like, well, that's just like you. And, and just to put this in perspective, this is a couple that – you know, had a few million dollar net worth, and I think yeah. she spent three thousand on the vacation. So it wasn't like it, it was. Well, the reason they had all that net worth because is he was because... a saver. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> take vacation, but I'm just saying it's not like it was so far. It's not like she did spent their last you know five thousand dollars of savings on a vacation or something. It was well within the sure. Realm take of... her side. <laughs> take her side. Actually, what's interesting about that story is we split the parties off and I stayed with him and you went with her because she went out of the room like kicking the wall and being yeah, all she off. was mad as a wet hen yeah. as, as, as your yeah. mother would have said. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing. That particular couple is one of our biggest 
um, advocates right. and mm-hmm. supporters at this point. And the reason is because we got them through that without destroying their, because when that hit and the temperature went up, we pulled them apart right. to bring it back down. And when you're in court and these things happen, there's there's nowhere to go. Like the other side keeps saying things about you, then the opposite side says it's their brutal. things, and it's it goes brutal. back and forth, and your temperature just keeps going up through that whole experience. Right. And that's one of the huge things about mediation is you can, you can stop it because right. that level of heat in the room keeps doing more damage. And these people have children together. They're going to be in each other's lives the rest of their life, whether they like it or not. All right. So the 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 three levels. Uh, the, I learned this from a. There's a wonderful book from the Harvard Negotiation Project. It's called Difficult Conversations, and that's basically where I got that three level of uh, conversation from. I stole it from them, so I'm going to give them credit for it. Uh, but these are skills you can use in your relationships, right? Yeah, you know, because you know I wanted to to say something in this podcast about positive relationships right because when you're divorcing you know one of the things you need to do is strengthen the other relationships in your life right you need to devote some time to your kids right that helps Mm -hmm. uh and maybe uh reconnect with your friends and your family and get your support system together and if you're doing things that destroy your relationships because it's very common to have conflict with your kids right at the beginning yeah yeah and depending on their their age you know all the time once they're teenagers so 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 you want to use your good relationship skills and uh, you know I wish I could just give them to you in a podcast <laughs> uh, but you know I think a lot of relationships just basically suffer from an anemia of time and right. effort it's very hard in this day and age. We're so bombarded with interaction and information and people and all that kind of thing. I, I know that that's a big challenge for me in just running our business is I'm constantly having people reach out from all these different mechanisms of, you know, Facebook to email to calling me to texting me and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, especially when you work in a business where people are going through a very crisis oriented um, experience like this, they tend to want to reach out, you know, even at odd hours and different things. And so if I don't carve out that time specifically, right? you know, it can really have an impact on, you know, our relationship or, you know, if we're out doing something with the children, you know, and different right. things like that. Because it's not just being in the same room. Right. Is it? It's it's direct attention. Right. Interacting. It's it it's kinda like, you know, I you know, I like to, to sit in the car and watch videos of of surf contests. Yes, you do. Yeah. And when I do that, Tammy feels like I'm not present. Yeah, and well a lot of times me and we'll have your two boys in the car with us and me and the boys will be having this conversation and then it's like Hello. Hello. Like, you're Are not you there. Hello? Yeah, you're not even listening. Earth we're having this to whole, Thomas. Yeah, we're having this Come whole in, conversation, and you're not even. <laughs> and it's like, turn the phone off. Right, but and so what you do is you say, "When are you going to stop ignoring your family? You're the worst <laughs> father in the whole world." I don't say that. No, she doesn't say that. I don't. But <laughs> because I don't want to destroy the relationship. But do, but do you see that those are yeah. the, those are the levels, right? Yeah. In other right. words. You're upset with me because I'm not engaging in the conversation. Right. So you decide that you're going to fire a dart 
right at my most vulnerable spot, which happens to be my my ability to parent. Right. That's true, by the way, for a lot of people. Right. That the the one place you can really hurt them is if you insult their parenting. Right. You know, because mom wants to feel like she's the world's greatest mom. Right. Nan wants to feel like she's the world's greatest nanny, huh? Yes. You are the world. It doesn't stop with the next level. I have grandkids now. It doesn't stop with the next level. You still want to be the greatest. You want to be the greatest. And that's how you see yourself. Right. And when people attack that, uh, that hurts. Right. So a lot of times in litigation, you see people writing declarations and they say things. uh, And right away, problem solving becomes impossible because everybody's built their. You put the other person on the defensive. Exactly. You know, so if I say to you, well, when are you going to stop watching videos? You're the worst father in the whole world. What's going to be the result of that? The result of that is that you and I are going to fight. Yes. And what was the result I was going for? And then I'm going to wind up in jail. (laughs) (laughs) It is usually the guy, but sometimes it's the girl. Um, She hit me first. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but that's not the result that I'm going for. So if that's not the result I'm going for, why would I approach it that way? I mean, usually what I try to say is something like, you know, we're having this whole conversation and you're missing it. Right. You know, you're not present. You know. And you're missing out. And we're yeah. doing fun stuff as a family. Right. I mean, that's so important. Uh, uh, I, you know, sometimes I'll say, uh, you know, I, I'll say to the kids, we, we, you know, we need to turn off the devices now. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, because I said so. But the <laughs> real reason response. is because I just, I want everybody to be present at once because it's good for us as a family. To right. Be that we way. need to have interaction. Yeah, and we need to do fun stuff together. Right. Like, uh, you know, Tammy likes to take us sometimes to the uh, the escape room. Yeah, we play games. We do the escape breakout yeah. games. Oh. Yeah, there's a breakout game. What is that? Just tell our tell our audience what is a breakout game. Uh, so I think most people are familiar with it, but escape game or or breakout game or escape room is where they essentially. Uh, quote unquote lock all of you in a room they don't literally usually but um, they put you all in a room and it's a it's a room of you know puzzles and and uh, you know things to decode and, and all that different kind of stuff and so you participate together right and, and problem solve together yeah so the 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 amount of people depends on you know the game and, and the place and all that but normally you have you know six maybe up to 10 12 people depending on how big it is. Um, and we've done a couple of them with different because it's it's one of the things for us. One of the struggles is my boys are about ten years older than your boys, right? Right. And so for a lot of years, it was really difficult to find things that engaged all Everybody. four boys, you right. know, because of the age differences. And this is one of the things that we can go and do together that yeah. everybody can participate in. And it's interesting because you'll see. The kids, well, and the adults, everybody, you'll see people pair off in ways that, um, that where they work together. Like you right, have one, right. one pair working on this issue and one pair working. You right. know, you and I tend to pair off a lot because we kind of have a certain, right. you know, symbiosis to our, to to our, our thought inter- process. Right, yeah. and our interaction. And so we'll pair off and work on something. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, right. the same thing with the, with the kids and all that. The, and so you get to... You get to engage in this problem-solving process all together as a family, and you only have an hour to try and, quote-unquote, escape the room by solving all the issues in the room. Yeah, and there's something about 
collaborating right. in the problem solving that tends to, to heal relationships. It right. tends to pull them together. Right. Uh, and well, it's a wonderful exercise. That's why they call it team building. I was going to say, it's yeah. just, it's the same reason that workplaces do quote unquote team building exercises. And I think escape rooms are something that, that corporate places use for, for that kind of team building. Right. So. Right. Uh, a couple of them, we'd still be there if it weren't for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the kids solved it faster than we did in yes, a lot of ways. Their so. brains work more quickly than ours do. Yeah, so you've got to, you know, do fun things. One of the other things that you and I have done a lot with your kids in particular to make memories is um, road trips. Road trip. Road trip. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of due for one. Our uh, your older son was just asking us the other night, like, uh, what what's our ro-? usually it's the holidays when we take our road trip, and he's <laughs> right. kind of going, hey, what's the road trip this year? So yeah, I mean, I have this wonderful memory of the of us going to a uh, um, a, a resort hotel or like a I don't know what you'd call it. I guess it's a resort hotel it was in, a resort. in uh in Oregon, and it started snowing. And we were at the beach, and to, the kids ran out onto the patio and started catching snowflakes in their mouths, and it was just really, I don't know, that memory just touches my heart. The one where the beach was right out the yeah. the window, and it was really, yeah, that was uh, called uh, the Inn at Spanish Head yeah. in Oregon. It's a really cool uh, play, a resort cool. right on the beach. Yeah, I remember the wind was howling when we got there, yeah. and it was just and yeah. and and the boys, you know, still uh, when we're sitting at dinner, sometimes they'll go through my phone and, yeah. and look at all the old photos. Yeah, and, uh, it's just a wonderful way. Yeah. Uh, so just to summarize, uh, you, you want to disengage from conflict. Uh, for the sake of your relationships right. and as even with your ex yeah. it helps so much if you're not in you know, you know where the where the mines are where the bombs are buried right so don't, don't step on them so don't step <laughs> on them uh, understand the three levels of relationships the what happened conversation the emotional conversation and the identity conversation and understand that the identity conversation is where most of the bombs are at right. the end of the day and that's where you do the most damage and that's where you do the most damage to your relationship yeah and then do things that nurture the relationships that you have in your life, the ones that are still intact, like your relationship to your kids especially. Right. Uh, but also, you know, have green gray old ma over. Yeah. You know, have If a, you're lucky enough to still have your mother, yeah. please have her over because I miss mine every day. Every day. So. So, uh, so we hope this has been helpful to you guys just to kind of take this – high-level view of relationships. Um, If you have not rated or reviewed us, please do so. You can do that wherever you listen to us, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening, you can rate and review us. It really helps us get up in the rankings. It helps other people find us, helps other people find this information. And other people need to know this. Yeah, this this is all like really fundamental 
you know, information for anybody that's co-parenting, going through a divorce, you know, struggling in relationships, whatever it may be. Please feel free to share, follow us on Facebook, all those kinds of things. We'd love to have your feedback. If you have comments on this particular episode or you have ideas for a future episode, you can go to divorceuniversityonline.com. There are comment sections below the episodes that you can comment on um, and you can find information there to send me an email and uh, give us your thoughts. And uh, we always appreciate that. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Divorce University online podcast with your hosts, Thomas and Tammy Ferreira. For more information, visit www.divorceuniversityonline.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.